Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter, hosted by Blaine Podvang, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around, we will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode. Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created the Lawnmower 3.0. The premium Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, For a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And welcome to another episode of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. How's everyone doing? 
oh, I'm doing great. It, you know, it's uh, Christmas is done. Uh, so, how was Santa? Did Santa come by your house, Matt? Uh, if he, if you mean, did he come to work? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there was uh, there's no Santa at home this year. There's no home for me this year, and uh, it just kind of felt like another day, to be honest. Did he did he bring you anything good? He did. I got a, I got a new I got a new, uh, I got a new jacket, so I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. Oh, fancy! You know, Eddie, Eddie Eddie Bauer, you know, fancy, right? So you got the cash. Yeah, of course. Well, somebody has cash. Yeah, exactly. Santa. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Treg? Did, was Santa uh, nice to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still alive, so that's good. Uh, Tina didn't kill me, so that's that's a bonus. Um, yeah, no, Santa was good to me. I can't complain. Sweet. I got what I asked for. <laughs> to be left alone. I asked for that, and I didn't get that, but uh, I got like a couple hoodies, which is what I wanted. So. Yeah. I got I got that uh, that Habs reverse retro jersey from the kids, so I was happy. <clears throat> they're starting to grow on me. I, I still don't really like them, but they're kind of starting to grow on me. Well, who'd you get? Who'd you get on the jersey? Nobody. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how I like them. That. Nothing wrong with that. That's how I like the jerseys. Players come and go, but it's the crest on the front that stays. That's very true. I figured you would have had Perry '94 on it. Well, he signed after. Yeah. Yeah, but you could have foresaw it or something. <clears throat> well, I didn't want to give away the secrets. Yeah. You're 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 insider. <laughs> Well, I've, I've been polishing that crystal ball for a couple of years now, and I think I figured it out. Every time I shake it, it comes back with yes, definitely now. Oh. I've wow. been trying to get that eight off the front. Perry's a terrible signing anyway, because depth doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean Nobody, shit. You don't, you don't need depth. So uh, I guess we'll just stop with the banter and just jump right in. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the signings. So uh, the Canadians went out and during the holiday season, signed Michael Froelich and Corey Perry, which apparently has set off Twitter a flutter. Because, you know. Depending on what team you root for. Exactly. Because <laughs> those two names are huge in 2010. Yeah, but if they would have signed with those other questionable teams, we'd be hearing about how big a superstar is they are. Exactly. So. Well, <clears throat> that's, I mean, well, let's, let's look at the press. <laughs> let's look let's look at the brass tacks here they're both depth signings they're both uh fro league i would assume and we're going to get into this later is going to be a taxi squad type signing i think perry's probably going to make the team um but uh it begs to differ or it begs to say uh, i think perry's the better signing than for leak i'm not quite sure what for leak really brings uh this is just my opinion i think perry brings grit he brings that nastiness that meanness that uh, Montreal can use and uh, he helps this team because this team's built to be a playoff team and uh, this season is going to be a playoff style season like every game is basically going to be similar to playoffs you go on a five game lose streak this this season and you're that could be your season so it's true, uh, it's true. but for leak for leak what he's what he's going to bring is um, he's kind of like Byron but with a little bit more size, he's got speed. He he's good on the penalty kill. Um, he is not going to be an everyday player. So, you know, 
coming back and forth on the taxi squad on the, a league minimum contract for one year. I don't see, I don't see any downside to this. And if buyer, if anybody gets hurt, he can step in and play on the fourth line. No, I, I agree. I just think Perry's a better fit. That's all. I, I mean, I could have not signed Froelich and been happy with the Perry signing. And not that I'm not happy with the Froelich signing. I just, I just think it's a, a depth signing. A frivolous, yeah. I, I, it reminds me of one of those depth signings like Semin was. Only this time, it's not in the hopes that this guy can play in the top Correct. six. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, this guy can play on a fourth line every now and then. Yeah. What exactly. a depth signing is supposed to be. Yeah. We're finally doing that. I can't we remember fi- the last time. I can't remember the last time that happened. We finally have the depth. We can do that. Depth's important unless you're in Montreal. Depends. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting into it. You're going to anger me. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? What do you think on for a leak? So it was the same. It was the same way. It was a little bit of a surprising pickup for me, but I thought the same thing. It was more of a, a depth thing, a taxi squad type thing. Um, insurance for injuries, et cetera, because we know that they're either going to happen or your guys, you're going to have guys that are get worn out in a, in a condensed season, back, a lot of back-to-backs. I think they play nine back-to-backs this year. So we're going to see the, um, the importance of Jake Allen right away um, w- with that and his uh, importance to carry price. But uh, to Froelich though, he, he played, you know, 14 points last year, split between two teams, uh, Calgary and, Buffalo and, uh, and, and exactly what you said, he, he's going to be a, a guy that's not going to play every game. He can kill penalties, play with some speed. Yeah. He's, you know, kind of like a Byron type player, just not with the, with the, I guess the finish ability. Um, we'll, we'll see though. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if uh, any other ch- uh, lineup changes are going to happen between now and the season. And we get to take into effect the um, anyone else that comes in, They've got to go through quarantine period, especially depending on where they come from. So yeah. I, I can see a, a flood of signings in the coming days or, or PTO um, offers for different teams and everything. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing uh, more and more of that right now. And um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect from Furlique. I, you know, I wish all the best for him, but you know, his best days obviously are behind him. But um, I said he's going to be a depth guy. He'll 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 be there at camp. He'll be fighting for a job just like anybody else. And, and that's why I think yeah. Perry is the the more important signing here because you know what to expect from Perry right now. You know he's going to, you know, be that. He's going to be the other asshole on the ice that's not Gallagher. Uh, well, you know, his nickname so, is the Worm. Correct. And but he's also can uh, he can he can put points up. Like no, he's not the Hart Trophy winning Corey Perry from whenever that season was 2010 or whatever the hell it was, but uh, he's still going to be that Corey Perry. That's going to get under everyone. I mean, Montreal is going to be a hateful team to play against. Uh, You're not only going to have Gallagher on the first, second or third line, depending on where they're going to line them up, uh, but you're going to have Corey Perry out there. You're going to have Shea Weber, Joel Edmondson, um, Anderson, Anderson, Sherratt, uh, you're gonna you get a lot of jerks playing on the ice for the Habs, not to take the Canes little nickname away, but uh, you got a lot of guys who are you know ag- uh, antagonizers. Uh, the Habs and- have a lot of snarl to their their lineup now. Yeah, 
And they, you need that because this, this year you're going to be playing teams like Toronto 10 times, Calgary, nine times. Calgary is going to be a tough, tough game. So you want that snarl. You look through the, throughout the division, you have both Kachuk brothers, you have Lucic, you have uh, guys like Nurse, uh, uh, Cassian, you know, those kinds of players. You, you need to, you need something to push back against them. Ottawa, Ottawa went out and got pretty much every goon in the league and, oh, threw, them on, yeah. and threw them on one team. So yeah, they'll still finish last, but they're not going to be that far out. It's, it's, as, as you said in the opening, like if um, you start losing games, so your season's over. That's just how, that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. An eight game losing streak. You're done. Yeah. It's about uh, two of them. <laughs> Don't even. <think> about <laughs> You'll need terms... a pandemic to make the playoffs. If you get a two <laughs> eight game losing streak. In, uh, in terms of Corey Perry, though, uh, Treg's exactly right with his assessment that um, they brought him in. He's a, he's a playoff performer. He's a veteran guy. He's, he's played with uh, Shea Weber. He's played with uh, Carey Price. He, uh, he, he showed up last year. He knows that he's going to be going to camp fighting for a, a spot just like everybody else. But during his interview, I, I saw confidence in him. He looks excited to be there. He's been skating. He's been working on power skating, knowing that, uh, you know, he's, he's not as fleet of foot as he used to be. And he, he never really was that good of a skater, but especially now that he's with a team like the Canadians that can play that transition game and play with speed, he's definitely going to have to play. He's gonna, definitely going to have to catch up to them. But I see him as the player that is, of him and for a league more likely to play every game. Well, it's a good thing for, um, for Perry that he played that kind of style last year in Dallas. Yeah. They, they are a transition team. So it worked. It worked well, for, for him there. He for me, okay. like you brought up, you brought up Gallagher and um, in the, you know, like another player that can kind of be a pest like him you take Corey Perry and put him in that position on the power play. And all of a sudden you've got another guy that can score those really greasy, dirty goals in front of the net. And in, you know, a shortened season, every goal is going to count. The Canadians can maximize his use and stay healthy. They're going to be among the top teams in the division. Well, he's not going to be an everyday player, but you're right. If uh, when he is in, in the lineup, they can use him on a second wave of a power play, some garbage power play time, throw him in front of a net. I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, the important part is that last year, the Canadians didn't have anyone that had won a Stanley Cup. This year, you look at the lineup, they have five different guys who have won Stanley Cups, people who know how to win. And, and I know that people are going to downplay while they're old or they're not that good. But having people with the experience who have done it, who know how to do it, can mentor the rest of the team. They can mentor those young guys. So a guy like Corey Perry, who he's still a big game player. Last year, he scored only five goals in the playoffs, granted. But three of them were in the final against Tampa Bay. And one of them was a game five overtime winner. So he knows what it takes to get those goals. And you mentioned he likes to score the greasy goals. And that's 
that's playoff hockey. So this, we have guys who can get us to the playoffs and we have guys who can get us through the playoffs. Bergeron, that little Bergeron saying applies to this group. So I know people are, you know, you don't need to get overly excited about depth signings and taxi squad players, but these are guys that will over the long term make a difference. If you look at it realistically, you're, you're looking at the, these aren't the depth signings of yesteryear, like you mentioned before, uh, uh, Blaine. Like they're, they're depth signing where you're thinking, man, this guy's actually going to help our team when we need him to help our team. It's not, uh, you know, oh man, we just signed Semenov and Sim and hope they can play top six minutes and maybe pop 20 goals. We don't care if these guys score 20 goals. All we want them to do is fill in uh, last year. and I brought this up a million times, the reason Montreal finished with 71 points is because they didn't have the depth to fill in the injuries that they had, right? You lost their top player. I hate to say it, Drew in at the time of his injury was Montreal's top player, and you had no one to fill in the gap. Nobody. Now, now you're looking at, geez, where are we going to play Byron and Armia? Like, we're going to have to either put him on a taxi squad or the fourth line when last year – these guys were third or second line. They were bouncing between the third and second line. Now they're like, well, I don't know where we're going to put you, but it's not going to be on the first, second, or third line, right? So You're either playing on the fourth or you're sitting in the box. Or, or you're sitting in the box. Like we didn't have that luxury last year to have potential 20-goal scorers maybe sitting in the box because we've got no place for it. <clears throat> right? In my I opinion, mean, a guy like Byron really has to come to camp and shine. Like I know he's got an A on his sweater. But with the signings that they brought in, with them bringing in to Foley and, and Anderson and now even Corey Perry, there's there's players on the team right now, um, Lekin and Armia, et cetera, that, that play a, a defensive style that can kill penalties, that forecheck, et cetera. And I'm not saying that uh, Byron doesn't. but He's of not the unique list of, anymore. Yeah. Of the, play, of the players that they have now, I, I, I think that he's probably the one that's um, as close to getting pushed into a taxi squad than anybody. Well, I was yeah. going to get into that when we talk about the, uh, the taxi squad. Um, so I think we've covered the, the signings. So we, we'll just slide into the taxi squad. It's a good segue, uh, Matt, going in on Byron. Um, so why don't we just talk about what the taxi squad really is? <clears throat> and what we think is going to happen there. Um, so I'm just going to give some background on the old taxi squad. I'm just going to bring it up. So it's this different ta- than the playoff taxi squad that they had. In yes. Well, it's similar, but different. Yeah. Um, there's some similarities. So this is from cap friendly. Uh, there's going to be a minimum of four to a maximum of six waivers will be required for those who do require waivers. So anybody who's waiver exempt can be sent there and then brought back without just like, you know, guys in their ELCs, those first couple of years, uh, they won't need waivers. Anybody else does. Um, recalls for NHL games have to happen by 5 p.m., which excludes goalies if less than two goalies are available to play for the team. So, you know, if two goalies get hurt in practice, well, there you go. If your goalie gets hurt on the way to the game or whatever, the goalie can be just thrown in. Um, what else? Last day of training camp is the first day players can be loaned to the taxi squad. Um, the taxi squad ends at the end of the season, which means 
these guys become black aces. So it goes to the old rules. Um, the, the taxi squad can practice with the team, join team activities, travel with the team, but they cannot um, practice or join activities other than those with the NHL team. So they can't go to an, NH, an AHL team and do all that. So they're, they're stuck with the NHL side. Uh, the effect on the team's cap hit while in the taxi squad is the same as a player being sent to the minors. So like a buried cap hit, anything ab above $1.095 million is still on your cap. Anything below that, it's, it's completely waived off. So a guy like, um, like Wheel, for instance, he'll still have about $50,000 on the cap. Um, injuries, uh, players injured while on the taxi squad are assumed to have been injured while in the minors. So it'll be treated the same as that. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So the big thing is you have to have one goalie and you can have a maximum of six on your taxi squad. That's, that's the big takeaway. So Matt, you were talking about Byron and how he's fighting for a spot, but you think he's going to end up on that taxi squad. Well, you still got to think like you're going to have extra players like your taxis. Like, yes, you've got your, um, your 23 man roster. So you still have guys that are just going to be guys that aren't playing. He's not necessarily, he's not necessarily going to be a taxi squad guy. He's just going to be a, a guy that's not dressed. Right. That's kind yeah. of what I was getting into. Okay. So right? you think he's still on the roster? Not. not yeah. I think he's still on. I think he's still on the roster. He's not going to be a taxi squad guy. A guy like Jordan wheel would be more of a, more of a taxi squad guy in my opinion, because you're going to want to have an extra defenseman or two with an extra forward. And I can see, I can see Byron potentially being that extra forward or possibly Corey Perry, depending on how they look at camp. Because you, you, you don't really have the room. You don't have that luxury to, uh, to have all these guys just sit, you know, just sit in the press box. Well, I, I went through this on cap friendly yesterday and kind of playing with uh, playing around with the roster as we have it today <clears throat> on uh, what needs to happen to meet, be cap compliant. Because right now, the Canadians are about a million over the cap. And if you want to keep enough players on your roster to have a couple extra guys, um, you know, in case of injury, so you can bring in, so Mete is in the press box, you can bring him in, um, you know, that kind of thing. You got Perry and, and Frolik sitting there as well. So if you want to keep Perry and you want to keep Frolik on the roster and you have to move Wheel and Byron into the taxi squad, that would put the Canadians under the cap. That's, that's probably the, the easiest way to become cap compliant without having to uh, make a trade. Wouldn't just Wheel going on the taxi squad put them under if it's 1.095? What nope. are they over? One and a half? They're over by $40,000, $50,000 by moving him. Oh, so yeah, you would have to move. You'd have to move a second player. Mete. Yeah, but if you if you move Mete, then you're still kind of, you got to bring someone else in. You know, I, I'm just saying, because you're going to have Kulak as well, right? So you have, yeah. like you have right now, Sherratt Weber, Romanov, Petrie, Edmondson, Name yep. your defenseman here: Juleson, Flurry, Kulak, or or. Uh... It's it's all going to depend on 
are they going to keep two forwards and a defenseman as their extra? Are they going to keep exactly. four and defenseman. two defensemen, et cetera? It's, uh, it really comes down to that of who's going to be on that taxi squad. And we and I, and we brought this up. Well, I brought this up before uh, we started talking uh, on air here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they use it. Some people are saying we want the taxi squad. We want them to be with the NHL team, practice with the NHL team, be around the NHL team. However, is it better for some of these guys' development to be with the NHL team and only be there for call-ups or be utilized and actually play in the AHL? Well, the AHL has announced today that they're looking at starting February 5th. Um, Whether the NHL decides to change the tacky squad rule once that starts, no idea. From what Blaine read, I don't think they will. I think they'll just keep it as is. Um, so you really got to think about guys like uh, Noah Juleson, who didn't play much at all last season due to injuries. Is he better off practicing with the NHL or is he better off getting game time in the AHL? Personally, I think he's better off getting game time in the AHL, but that's just me. Uh, a guy like Flurry, I believe, is exempt, so he could be one of those guys and he's a right-handed defenseman but you still got kulak and mete like what do you do with kulak and mete neither one of them are going to the ahl well that's well that's that's why i was thinking they're likely they're they're likely going to keep an extra defenseman at least one extra defenseman right now you've got sherratt edmonston kulak mete petrie romanov and weber so there's your seven so one of those guys is going to sit okay then I say it's the, Kulak, but I'm right, biased. Right, one of those guys. One of those guys is going to sit. When it comes to your forward group, you're you're looking at um, uh, Froelich Perry being among the new additions and guys that are going to fight for positions. So if you keep both of them in your forward group, the way that it's looking right now, and you put down a guy like Wheel they're compliant with who or they're compliant with a number that the max number that they can have with having guys in the press box. Yeah. Cause our and Byron or Perry and Froley could be in the press box, depending on the game. Absolutely. However, yeah. you're not compliant with your cap. That's right. Yeah. So that's right. where it's a, it's a bit of a shell game with that. And you got, there's a couple of items that you kind of kind of plan ahead for. So I think you're right, Treg, that uh, guys like Juleson, and Flurry are probably going to end up in the minors because they want them playing and not yeah. just practicing. Same thing goes with Paling. That's why I think Evans is going to be on the line in the lineup. So that's that's a contract that has to come in and be used as their fourth line center. It's so that means contract, another but... yeah, but still that's that's money. Yeah. It's money that has to go on the cap. So that brings it up to like about two million dollars over the cap, which is why Byron is the likely person to be waived i i think byron's being traded to be honest with you uh i know blaine you said on twitter the other day you don't think there'll be a move they'll use you taxi code which they can do they can do well quite not not quite like that but yeah Yeah. well yeah but i mean and if you look at the like a lot of people like i've brought it up before but waivers is how well waivers is a tough pill to swallow because if you're putting a guy like Byron on waivers, it's going to be very easy for someone to pick him up. However, you've got to remember he has a three and a half million cap hit. So 
So and they're doing you a favor by taking them. And if you're they, not only that, but you better have the room because if you pick them off waivers, you got to keep them on your team for a while. Yeah. So he's got to be uh, on your roster right away. So he doesn't have to stay there, but he has to stay there for a certain amount of time anyway. Uh, I don't know what it is. But, um, but back to the Canadians taxi squad. Uh, I'm. It's not. It's not like it, it is when you can just send guys to the minors and back. So they're they're not going to have the the luxury of letting them play in the minors when until they mm. need them. Right. So these are guys that are going to be stuck with the team and not playing, yeah. possibly for a while. So it's the I'm young guys a, can't. I'm looking at a guy team. like Belzil. Yeah, well, right? until they signed for Leak and Perry, he was going to be in there, but now more than likely. But I look, I look at Belzil as being a taxi squad guy. Well, I when I when I first thought of the taxi squad, I was with you there, Matt. I was like, oh, well, this is going to be filled with like Baddock, Bazil, maybe Bland to see, Do- uh, yeah, yeah. you know, guys like uh, Dauphin, like guys, you know, you could probably pull up and down and no one's really going to even look. Not that I think this year is going to be a lot of waiver moves yeah. just because unless it's the Canadian division or I can see maybe Calgary going, oh, I really like uh, Jordan Wheel. We're going to grab him, yeah. right? We can afford yeah. it. But uh other than that, it's not going to happen just because of COVID. You get a guy. I mean, Kevin Lynch is another guy that could have went on there. But now that you have Froelich, like what Blaine said, now that you got Froelich and Perry, that's throw, kind of throws a little wrench in there because you're going to have to put, you're going to have to bury money on that taxi squad, and uh, um, that's going to be the big thing. And that money to be buried there, I'm pretty sure Wheel's going to be one of them. But like Blaine said, you're going to have to put someone else down with him or you're just not going to. I don't see them. Maybe Mete, because if you put Mete wheel down, you're under, but not by much. But it's not enough. Mete's contract is just not enough. You need more. And you keep in mind, too, that they're they're building up so that they can compete. So they want players who are capable of playing in the NHL. So guys, guys like Belzil. You know, it's a great story that he got to play last year, but he's not a regular NHL. No. And, and none of the guys I've mentioned are regular NHL. No. However, before they got this, the two Perry and Frolik, yeah. you're like, well, That's they're not going to they want, want Vadimo or Paling or these guys because they're going to want them to play. And they're not You want to develop your young guys and you want to use a taxi squad to be used as a backup plan. And you can't hurt the young guys' development by leaving them there. So having these veterans come in, great. It's great. Now, they're going to probably leave a couple extra spots open so that they can move guys like Kotniemi and Suzuki onto that uh, taxi squad when they're not uh, in, on non-game days to gain some of that that cap hit back. So guys that can be moved without waivers, they're going to be shuffling them back and forth on a day-to-day basis on a paper move just to save the money. That's That's how I yeah. see them using this. So I, I want to ask a question, Blaine. You're going on about goalies. Are, are, if you have an injured goalie, say Price and Allen for some reason get injured, yeah. does Lindgren, whoever's on that taxi squad, have to pass through waivers in order to make it to the NHL? No, no. Because he's, he's on the squad. It's only going back to – It's only going back to the squad. So you can pick yeah. guys off the squad without any waivers. That's right. To put them back – okay. No, I just wanted to make sure I, I understood that. that just correct. like the normal waiver rules. Yeah, so just think of it as like a like a mini, a mini Laval kind yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, but I was just wondering with the goal if there's a special situation with the goalie, you know, 
can you bring a goalie that's not on the taxi squad, like say McNevin, who's just sitting around doing nothing because AHL hasn't started yet. Can you bring him in without him? You know, like what are the rules for that? If you get two goalies that go down, um, I, or do they even know that yet? They, they don't. Probably don't. Yeah, no. they probably don't even know that. You know, like hope that doesn't happen. But I mean, it happened in Carolina, and we had a Zamboni driver beat the Leafs. But having said that, it can happen. So what do we do? You know, what can they do when you can only have one goalie on your taxi, or you only have one goalie on your taxi squad, yet both your goalies get injured? Hope that I the would Canadians assume... hope that the Canadians have a really good Zamboni driver. I guess. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, because when you able to play next game. That fourth goalie is going to have to do its COVID uh, isolation and all that kind of crap. And that's you're playing, true. you're playing every third day. Well, so, let's just hope that that goal, the, that uh, Zamboni driver, is going to be COVID free. <laughs> you can bring in Jacques Lacat Grande or something, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So, <laughs> oh wow, a love guru reference. <laughs> <laughs> the worst movie ever made. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was bad. It had the least win in the cup, so it was pretty bad. <laughs> yep. No, but the the uh, I, back to the taxi squad though. I I think that they're not quite done yet. I do think that uh, Bergevin is going to do something else. I mean, there was rumors about Chera being uh, targeted by by Bergevin, so that's telling me he's still on the lookout for a veteran defenseman. So he's probably looking for someone to add to the roster so he can move Mete onto the taxi squad. That kind of idea. That's, that's my thought. So maybe a Hamannick or something. But it, would just be, it would just have to be, a, it would just have to be a, a, a league minimum. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But even still, you're still looking at, you're going to have to pile the taxi squad up with some, some good yeah. money. That's why I'm thinking Byron is the guy that they're looking at throwing in there. Our taxi squads is almost going to be better than the Leafs depth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, like Byron, like, you know, I, I said before that Byron is a guy that in my eyes has to fight to, to, to get his spot. Just I think like, you're absolutely ju- right. Just like Jordan Wheel. But um, in terms of dollars and cents, that might be the reason that he gets pushed out. Yeah, or tra- or traded. Or tra- I, 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 or I believe traded. there's a trade coming. I believe right. there is a trade of somehow, some way coming. Yeah. And in uh, no way am I bashing Byron. He's a, he's a good player. Like he yep. plays much bigger than he actually is, and he's shown that. It's just his contract is awful in the COVID times, and he's being pushed down the lineup by younger, more skilled players. That's, and, and, that's just and, how it goes. And Byron uh, Blaine hit the nail on the head. He uh, he said, or was it you, Matt? One of you guys said, Byron's can play defense. He's good defensive, but you have Armia That's and right. you have Lekkinen. Yeah. And I'd rather have Armia out there killing penalties, throwing the body. Now know. Byron can skate. Don't get me wrong. He can. But these guys so can for leak. Yeah. These guys are good, and Armia and uh, and Lekkinen are good enough skaters that they may lose a little speed. But I mean, Armia can stick handle inside a small box. Like yeah. that guy can hold. I don't know how he doesn't get more points on the board, but that man can stick handle inside the box and both of them can kill penalties. So Byron's kind of, uh, I mean, Beth, I'm sorry. I know you listen and you love Byron, (laughs) but he's the odd man out. You're absolutely right. He has to come into this training camp, probably one of the best players on the ice or he's He's got, he has to show it. And 
it's 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 unfortunate if if that's the way that it's going to look, but all signs are really pointing towards him, you know, his his money being just kind of set aside at the at that's the, time. the thing. He has to show up to camp and score four goals a game to prove that he belongs in a top six role. Because exactly. otherwise, you're looking at someone making three point four million dollars sitting on your fourth line, and like you mentioned, it's the COVID times, so a flat cap that hurts. Yeah. And if you're going to move a Byron, so if Byron's moved for some reason, <clears throat> and someone actually is willing to take the contract, don't be surprised if uh, Bergevin has to give up some ac- extra assets, like a second round pick for this year, or uh, a, pro, a B-level prospect or he's all got, three. He's got enough of them. he got enough of them. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it, he's, like he's in a position where that's, okay, sure, we can do that. He's got right. a lot. He's got 14 picks coming up this coming season. Mm-hmm. Use one. Uh, you've got 50 to 56 prospects. Throw one of those too. I mean, it, Tampa Bay had to, look what Tampa Bay had to do to get rid of some cap. That's way, that, that hurts even more than moving Byron out especially because like you guys mentioned, there's Armia, there's Froelich who can play a similar role on a fourth line every now and then Corey Perry's there now who can play on a fourth line every now and then Lekkinen. I mean, let's, if you had to choose between keeping a Lekkinen or keeping Byron, I'd Lekkinen all the way. Yeah. hundred times, yeah. hundred times. I mean, so yeah, shout out, shout out to Shannon if she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Beth. We're with Shannon on this. We're a team yeah. Shannon on this one. <laughs> team Shannon. Uh, and again, it's like Matt said, nothing is Byron, but he's either taxi squad. He's either top six minutes or bust. Like yeah. he's either. He's, he's tax- uh, this year, he's either on the taxi squad or he's, he's not on the team anymore. He's not on the team. That's anymore. right. That's right. Because it, it comes down to dollars. It's yeah. about the cap. Yeah. So you brought up Hamannick. Yeah. I think um, Hamannick would be a good fit. Do you have anyone else off the top of your head or either of you guys? Vatnin, Vatnin. Yeah, for for defense, for defense. Yeah, there's not really a lot out there, to be honest with you. I don't see them going after a centerman because I know Evans is a is a rookie, and they're looking at him as a fourth line center. And they normally have they they've got the wingers there, but Wheel is a centerman. So if you keep Wheel on the taxi squad, you can use him to replace uh, Evans. So I don't think they're going to add a center. I think it's a defenseman that they're in search of. Yeah. If they, do, if, if they do go forward, um, yeah. I would think maybe as a PTO, as a set, like if they do get a center, um, I'm thinking maybe a guy like, like Colin Wilson, if he Colin Wilson or maybe Trevor Lewis. Yeah. Something He's like that. They just, a, just a veteran guy. They, they, I think Nate Thompson was so good for the team and yeah. like, he was so good for the room and he was so good. He just, he did, he did the right, all the right things. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a burge of a staple to have a veteran fourth line guy. So to see Evans in there, it's a little bit weird, but he's, he's proven that he can, that he can play and he can play with speed. He didn't look at a, didn't look at a place, but that would be where I would put my chips. If I was, if I was thinking what he would do. Jonathan Tays might be pretty cheap right now. Yeah. Well. But with Evans playing, um, even even if he is playing every day, he's he's not on his own. Like he's no. insulated with veterans. He's That's got right. either Byron and Lekkinen on his wings, or he's got 
Frolik and Perry on his wings or yeah. a combination. He'll be he'll be looked after for sure. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's insulated. So especially on a team that has so much depth right now. That's right. Yeah. Because depth is important. I don't right. care what anyone wants to pretend. Depth does matter. Byron and Mete to Winnipeg for Ross Livick. Done it's gonna, deal. It's gonna happen. Done deal. We'll yeah, throw in a freaking pick too. It's gonna happen. He's your fourth line center. I if Bergeron pulls off a trade and Lance Roslovich, I would be ecstatic. I love that kid. Not that he's going to want to play fourth line center minutes, but no, that's that's your fourth. That's why he wants out of Winnipeg. Yeah. So that kid is going to be a hell of a hockey player if he's given a chance to play up. He also has him signed to a he also has him signed to a contract. And who's his agent? Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux. See the connections I'm making. <laughs> Insider. <laughs> well, I know you didn't talk to Claude because the last time you did, you were in a men's washer and he's like, get away from me. Negative. I have a picture of me and Claude Lemieux out in the foyer in Dallas. He didn't yeah, look happy outside about it. the bathroom. He didn't look happy about it, but we have a picture. I met him in I met him in Philly after his son was drafted. Yeah. Yeah. He's very he's very kind. He's very kind. Oh, and uh, Nick Cousins' little brother from UConn's doing pretty good in the World Junior Championships. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, his brother changed the spelling of his name for some reason. Yeah, and it's lives weird. in the UConn and not Ontario. It's weird. <laughs> that's that's his burner cousin. Is that a is that a World Junior segue that you just did there? Uh, that would be maybe, a World Junior segue. Maybe. You want to hit that bad boy well, up? I think we butchered the taxi squad enough. <laughs> It's more of an Uber actually, now. Actually, before we go on, Blaine, list who you think will be, we'll say four guys you think is going to be on the taxi squad. Well, Byron for sure. Okay. Uh, because of his cap. Uh, sorry, Beth. Um, Wheel. Uh, Mete, if they sign another defenseman. I think they move Mete back. Uh, and not sure. Use the other three spots to move guys back and forth for cap. Well, you need a goalie. Well, Lindgren. Lindgren. You think Lindgren will be the guy, or do you think oh, it'll be yeah. like McNevin? Why or not? Demchenko? You don't want you don't want him down in the minors playing. You don't care about him. Mm. Matt. And McNevin is a decent backup, and Primo's your guy. So yeah, so they 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 pretty much well they pretty much have to have a goalie. So Lindgren, yeah, I think it'd be Lindgren, Byron, Wheel, and um, it's going to be one of uh, Mete or Kulak. I guess it's going to depend on whoever uh, whoever shows up at camp. Is your, it's not going to be any of the new guys. I'm going with Lynn. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with and, all and, you. And, and Romanov is definitely not going to the tax squad. At new. Right, I'm, ag- so. I'm agreeing with all you guys. It's Byron, Lindgren. Met- I'm going with Mete, but we all know why. Uh, I think Mete is a logical choice. I, th- I think Kulak's a better defenseman than Mete. So. He is. So he's your better off being sitting in the press box waiting to play. Uh, and uh, uh, Wheel. I also think Braddock's going to actually make the taxi squad. I think they're going to bring a, a guy like Braddock in there just to play maybe games against Ottawa and put Kachuk in his place, even though they have Perry that can do that. But I think Braddock's <laughs> the type of guy you can throw out there and not care if he sits in the box for five minutes. I think Braddock's going to be more important down in uh, Laval because we don't know if they're going to play just in Canada, which means – they only play three uh, three teams, and that means seventeen games against each team. Mm. So, Braddock yeah. would come in handy in those games. Belleville, Manitoba, Laval, Toronto. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. 
So do they move them down into, into the United States so they can play with everybody else? So they, we don't know yet. Right. So I think Braddock would be more likely to stay there. He can protect Caulfield when he comes up to play from the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Caulfield. Yeah. Good segue to the world juniors. That's two Ooh. I did. Circled, two. circled back to that segue. <laughs> Just like I a circ- toilet. I circled back like uh, Caulfield does in the Ozo. Drake's so full of shit, his head is like it's, a toilet, just circles a, around and around. It's a circle. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> so, Trey, you made the segue, so why don't you get us started on World Juniors, brah? Okay, so if anyone's watching the World Juniors, and I know only a few people are based on Twitter, Matt's actually <laughs> yeah. watching games now, even though there's no Canadian guys playing. That's how dedicated he is. Uh, who's playing right now? Germany and Switzerland. Who is Germany still winning? Four nothing with five minutes left on the. Oh uh, my god! Game. As Darren Dreger said, they're leading by that much, and they haven't canceled the game yet. <laughs> I just just to quote sec- Darren Dreger. I just, just to quote a- him. I, I want to do this right. Darren Dreger is my new hero. Are we okay with Germany leading Switzerland three nothing after the first? because I'm seeing NHL talent. So if anyone doesn't understand that subtweet, it's, it's a clear attack at anybody who's been saying, let's shrink the world juniors down to six teams. It's time for Tim and Sid. What? It's time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it should be just Tim. No, sorry. uh, Everyone. You just heard that you didn't accidentally turn on that turn on that channel uh, um, it was just drag uh yeah because a well-known uh sportsnet guy who likes to throw stuff out there for no apparent reason Click I, <coughs> I won't name his name but it rhymes with kid and cicero uh, <laughs> uh he said they should change the whole format cut it all down to six teams and just have the best six teams in the world play with the sixth team regulating with other teams if they don't do so well. And that's just stupid. So anyway, that's all I want to say about that. The Darren Dreger took, took a shot at it. So. And a well-deserved one. Because the whole point of the damn World Juniors is for kids to go play and represent their country. Yes, there's going to be a couple of weaker teams. It's always the case in tournaments like this. And especially when you're forced to keep guys from 20 and under. But... The upside to this is the more you let these lesser so-called lesser countries play the game that we all love, the more people in those countries start to like the game too. More people play the game develops. You get more hockey players, you get more people into hockey. They get more, you'll get more people joining and moving up and becoming better pros year. What was it? 10 years ago, everyone laughed at Germany. Everyone thought Germany was a joke. When it came to hockey, are who's laughing now? Well, look at the look at the draft in the last few years, and some of the exactly. guys that have come out of some of these programs. Um, for instance, like Mort Sider, Germany. He's not playing there right now because he wasn't allowed to go. Exactly. Based on what he's doing for his team right now, um, Nico Heischer, the Swiss. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. Everybody. Everyone was saying Nolan Patrick was going number one, and then all of a sudden, this guy was just skating circles around any everybody and to be more you know today um tim stutzel 
Yeah, Germany is an awful team. They they've uh, they've um, they've been through the rigor. They've they've uh, you know COVID tests and lost players and all that kind of stuff. But you look at you look at uh, Tim Stutzel right now, and he is arguably one of the best players at this tournament. But that's my argument. Had they not allowed these so-called lesser teams to play in these tournaments, no one would, would know who he is. No, would we have a Tim Stutzel? Would we have a a dry sidle without the without the these tournaments increasing the popularity of hockey in Europe? These smaller hockey countries would not be producing these kinds of players. I mean, Germany has got over 60 million people in their country. That's more than us. So they're building up their hockey program. They're going to be a hockey powerhouse in about 10 to 15 years. The next Olympics, no one's going to be laughing at Germany, but 20 years ago they did. So what does that tell you? That tells you that these lesser known countries should be in these terms because it increases hockey. Yeah, More hockey players. Look at uh, better. We don't talking about talking about this tournament. Look at the um, the Canada Slovakia game. Yeah. Right. A lot of people like myself said, "Well, this is going to be an easy game." You got Canada. They've got you know every first round draft pick that's been taken in the last year or so, and they're going to stack lineup. They get better this, better this, better this. And Slovakia actually made it a very interesting game. Yeah, it was a one. It, it, it basically until they had an empty one net goal, goal at the end. It was a one goal game. Yeah, three one was the final. But... Yeah, yeah. After well, everyone freaked out and said, "Well, Canada just blew Germany out of the water." So yeah, Germany, the team that played with three fourteen, 14, 14 players. players. And I mean, you get to look at Germany too. How good would they have been if they didn't have? Nine guys have to isolate because of COVID and miss the first couple games of the tournament. I don't think they'd beat Canada, but I don't think they'd have a 16 to two score either. Exactly. Um, so uh, that wasn't my segue into the world juniors, but it's a good point to bring up that some people just like to talk to hear themselves talk about things. And really it makes no sense when you really look at it's it. It's all good because this segue actually turned into something a little bit better. Honestly, yeah. we, we, you know, you know, like uh, you've got you, you like you know you gotta you gotta say like hockey is it's a it's a it's a multinational turn it's a multinational sport. Um, you see guys come out of the woodwork, and you're just like, this guy is from whatever, whatever, whatever stand, and all of a sudden he's a superstar. And you don't you you look at some of these countries that don't bring in a lot of um, NHL talent. But then you pull one out, and, I, and I'm thinking off the top of my head, um, Slovenia, right? You get Anze Kopitar, and that's pretty much the only Slovenian hockey player that I can think of off the top of my head. But Blaine is absolutely right. Teams like um, like Austria, they're starting to develop. Germany are taking the next step into development. It's um, – it's good. It's good for the fans and it's good for these countries. And if you watch the Olympics, you have teams like Italy and Japan and, uh, you know, places where you wouldn't think had hockey teams. Now they have hockey. So you might find, you know, guys from these countries at yeah, some point. Might be a diamond in the rough. In might be a diamond programs. in the rough. And yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's just, you got to look at what the, it's not just about 
who wins, who loses, and who wins the gold. It's about what you're bringing to the game and That's how it. you're expanding the game and how you're growing. A, a big statement in lacrosse, I'm going back to my lacrosse roots, is grow the game. Yeah. Lacrosse is a huge statement across uh, Canada Lacrosse Association, grow the game. And that is should be a statement for every sport, no matter yeah. what sport it is. And hockey's one of them. Hockey's a bit farther up than lacrosse, and sure, that's great, but you can't you know, sit there and say, get rid of these teams because they're not playing very good against these other teams because now you're just saying, well, your country sucks at this sport. We don't want you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're making so, it as an elitist snob approach correct. to hockey. Yeah. So you I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring up one thing before, before we talked about the Canadians prospects, which what the segue was going to, was going <laughs> to be, but this has actually turned into a little bit more of a, of a conversation. Um, the whole thing with, and I'll say his name with Cicero bringing up the, uh, bringing up the um, dropping this down to six teams and all that kind of stuff. Let's flip the script. Okay. Let's look at women's hockey. You've got in women's hockey, you have two hockey teams. Yeah. That can actually win Canada in the U S. So are you saying that women should just stop, you know, that, that these women's teams just don't really matter because they're not going to win anyway against Canada, the U S. So it should be a two-team tournament. Yeah, best of seven. But like, you're not going to see, you know, Russia's a Russia's a powerhouse in in men's hockey. Women's in the women's league, they're they're not they're not really a threat. I will say this: Sweden has a pretty good women's team, and uh, they're making strides towards yeah, absolutely being a, a and, third and, and, powerhouse in the women's right. League. But but this is the thing: like this 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 is. You know, it just it, it just grows the ridiculousness of this tweet that he sent in. Should yeah, the NHL grow the game? Should yeah. the NHL get rid of the Ottawa Senators because they had a shitty team last year? They can't. Or compete. Detroit. Or Detroit. Toronto lost in a blowout game once. Should we shut them down? Like, come on. You know, Montreal lost to Columbus ten nothing one time three years ago. Should be hey, wait, that's you can't you can't play anymore because he lost by ten. You know, but I Matt's mean, got it, a very, very good point. Yeah, We're trying to grow the women's game. Yeah, you want more countries to play. You want more women playing. That's right. You, you don't get more women playing by saying nope. Only, the, only these only, elite ones. Only, only the teams that win are in. But you can't yeah. win because you're not allowed in. That's right. So screw you. Yeah. And since we don't have men's hockey in this country, we're not going to put as much money into hockey. Therefore, we have no money for women's hockey. Because let's be honest, women's hockey comes second to men's hockey no matter where yeah. you go. I'm not so, saying that to yeah. be sexist. I'm saying that because it's true, uh, which it's like pers- that for, it's like that for every sport, every though. sport. And personally it shouldn't be, but, uh, but uh, it is. And it's a reality. It it's reality. So the men's game actually grows the women's game. Uh, and to the point where, I mean, now, even in the women's game, we have a WNHL. I think yeah, it could. But, and we, and we're seeing the NHL try to push women's hockey even more, bringing Correct. people into the all-star game and, yep. and that Coaches kind of stuff. And right? GMs yeah. and absolutely. And that's, and, the, and that's the, and that's the way it should be. And the junior program, like women's hockey, it all should be inclusive. Like exactly. get the teams in there, the more you fucking, you know, if, bring in other teams if you want to like grow, grow the tournament. Like, it's not like, it's not like it's not going to be on TV. It's not like people aren't going to watch it. That's right. Cause if you have a Canada, Sweden international game right now, and it's a woman's game, people are going to watch it. 
Yeah. You got the uh, the women's professional leagues playing. People are going to watch it. That's right. The uh, the uh, the WNHL did a did a, a professional tour where they played uh, exhibition games, and the places were filled until the pandemic hit, and then it took a it took a back seat, which is kind of sad. But I think you guys are right. Like the the women's game tends to drag behind the men's game by about twenty years because honestly, women are busy raising us before they fall in love with the game and then they fall in love with the game and then their children do. And then those kids become world-class athletes. That's, that's changing now too. Women at a young age now are getting into the sports they want to get into. Exactly. They, they have, they have the, the places to go to get into the sports. I mean, when I was a kid, guys played hockey, women played ringette. Yeah. There, there was no women's hockey. And then now there's a whole women's hockey's league all over the place. Uh, Blaine, you coach minor hockey girls are playing with boys on their on teams it's not like it used girls to be girls have and their own league girls have their own league same with uh I'm big into lacrosse and over here in nova scotia it's the same with nova scotia we have a women's lacrosse league we also have women playing with guys in minor lacrosse um i guess we're going on to women's hockey now so we might as well just keep talking about it uh do i think women and men are ever going to play together no i don't think men and women can play together i think some women can play in a men's sport i don't think it should be all inclusive because i just don't it's just i'm getting into uh, weeds here but i think eventually you're going to see one-offs where you have you know there's going to be a world-class female goaltender or you know a a Haley wickenheiser who can play in the nhl that kind of i do see that coming but i don't see it being a you know i don't you're gonna. I think it's gonna be the odd few women, the odd few that are that are gonna do but that. But the important and that's thing, the more important thing, the more important point that we were making at with this World Juniors is build the game. Exactly. Whether it's for women, men, little people, doesn't matter. Build the game, and uh, you know, if you build it, they'll come. Little people, you mean for people like you? Yes. People that me that's as tall as. Canadians prospect Cole Caulfield. Ooh. Oh, segway. <laughs> I'm Just full of segway segways today. today. <laughs> so since you've brought him up now like three times, how about you start with Cole Caulfield and how he's uh, doing at the juniors? Uh, so Cole Caulfield, uh, points-wise, has had a slow start until the game, the other game where he had two points. He has three points now in three games, point per game. <laughs> However... If you've actually watched the games and actually watched him play, he's been one of the better uh, players on the ice for the United States. Uh, the game, the blowout game where they won 11 nothing, he didn't register a point, but he had seven shots, three posts, and he was third on the team in X goals 5v5. Uh, um, that's as far as we're going to go with that analytics because you all know how I am about analytics. Um, so... If you actually watched him play on his line, he drove the offense. He controlled the offensive zone. He, you know, went in the corners. He won puck battles. Not a lot of them, but he won some. And he was a good player. He just didn't get on. the. He just was snake bitten. Um, now, for some reason, Cole Caulfield is everyone's player to, if you're not a Canadians fan, well, even if you are a Canadians fan, you just want to shit on him. For some reason, I don't know why. 
and for some reason, people seem to think the World Junior Championships the end all be all to a person's career in the National Hockey League. Uh, and that's not the case. So if you're watching Cole Caulfield, just watch him play points aside. I think he's having a 10 times better tournament this year than he had last year. Uh, and, uh, really that's, that's all they really can say about Caulfield. Unless someone else has something they want to, uh, throw in on that. Well, he is, he is doing excellent. You watch him play. He's, he's not just hanging around on the periphery. Mm-hmm. He's not sticking to the outside. He's going to the dirty areas. He's cutting through the middle. He's finding he's finding those little open areas. There's been a bunch of times where he's missed chances. And there's been a ton of times where guys like uh, Boldy, who, by the way, is going to be an excellent NHL hockey player, just doesn't see him. Like there, The vision isn't there to make that pass when Caulfield's open. Because Caulfield found himself a big open spot in the high slot. But Boldy's goal is to get to the front of the net. And he'll power in. And yeah, he'll score there from, from time to time too. I'm not knocking Boldy and I'm not saying he's not a good playmaker. I'm just saying that there's been tons of times on his line where they haven't noticed him. When he's on the power play, you've seen him be extremely dangerous because he's playing there with guys like Zegris and with Turcotte. So people he has played with in the past, they know his style. They know where he's going to be. They can anticipate what he's going to do. And Wow. The, like he's ringing shots off posts and he's just missing the net. He's trying to snipe these corners and the timing's not quite there, but for the shot, but he's, they're finding him. So you can see how dangerous he, he can be playing with skilled players like NHL talent guys like that can actually pass a puck. So a guy like Suzuki or, or Kotniemi would fit well with him eventually. Exactly. I just, I don't see him as a top line superstar player, but he's going to be a guy who can play on a second line, get a ton of power play time and probably get you 30 goals. So, I mean, what's wrong with that? I, I personally think Caulfield's going to be a 40 goal scorer in the NHL. <clears throat> Love I don't think he's going to get you a ton of points. I say 40 goals, 60, 65 points. He's a Cy Young kind of player. Yeah. He'll, you know, uh, now, unless Matt has something to say about Caulfield. Yeah, yeah just really quick. Um, yeah. Ever since the start of the tournament, for me, uh, including the exhibition games, he's been one of the most fun players to watch on the team for the United States. He's just stepping around the ice. He's not stationary like he used to be. He's uh, battling for pucks. He's getting pucks on net. And uh, the points will come. Uh, also, I think he's not utilized right on the power play. For some reason, I want to put him in the high slot. I do not like him there. Size, so. I do not like him there at all. I would put Kaliev there. Yes, exactly. Because Kaliev more... is a bigger player. Yeah. And he can get the shot off quickly, which we've seen. And the thing I do like about Caulfield, he always finds the open ice. Always. Every time you yeah. watch him on the ice in the ozone, he's always in open ice. Yeah. Always. But we saw with this goal the other night, he could score on the rush too. Yeah. So moving on from him, we'll go to number two, Caden Gooley. And Matt, uh, what do you like about his game so far? I think that, um, honestly, he's been one of the best players for, uh, not only for Team Canada, but for their defense, 100%. Um, He's been noticeable for the right reasons. You know, he's taken a couple penalties, but when you play defense and 
you play a physical game, you're going to take a couple of penalties. It hasn't been detrimental to the team. He's got a couple goals. Um, there's, uh, you know, some signs of Shea Weber in him. He's got the, he's got a big shot. He's got uh, a mean streak. We've seen it. He absolutely crushed a guy the other night. Um, I am excited about this prospect to, for him to make the team as an 18 year old, we can see him again next year and he's only going to get better. This is someone that Canadians fans should be excited about when um, it used to be that the Canadians left side was really a detriment to their, uh, to their, uh, to their organization. Now you've got guys like uh, Gouli coming up. You've got Romanov, you've got Norlander, you've got Struble, et cetera. These are all guys that are going to, that are going to crack NHL lineups. And skulls. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gouli's a bust, total bust. Why couldn't they have picked a guy like uh, Jarvis? I mean, he was a, he was picked two picks before, but still, total bust. <laughs> a, lot of, like, a lot of people are still freaking out that they didn't pick up a guy like Mercer. And if they would have picked Mercer, I would have been happy. Um, Mercer is a <laughs> uh, is a guy that's uh, that's that's fun to watch. He's a he's a like a Swiss Army knife player. Plays in every situation. Um, you can see his interviews. He's a, he's a fun guy to be in the room, etc. However, Timmons and, the, and his staff saw something in Gooley, and Gooley's no slouch. He's, uh, he's performed, and other than Bowen Byram, I think he's been their best defenseman. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about Jamie Drysdale, but Jamie Drysdale's there for offense. He's not there to be a defensive defenseman. And we've seen that, um, that Gooley stepped up. He's playing both sides of the ice. He's playing very physical. He's put the puck in the net. And he's given the uh, Canadians fans and Team Canada fans something to cheer about. I th- I think he's similar to Romanov, to be honest with you. Uh, his, yeah, but he's his, six his three, two ten. He's and bigger, can skate like the wind. But I think his game is similar to Romanov's. He's, yeah. he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. He's going to put up a little bit of offense. He has an offense upswing with a really good defensive play, and, and he's a smart defensive player. And he's a smart offensive player. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Gouli is a good pick. I think Amirov was they're going to be their first choice, and Toronto's got him out. But you know, Amirov's having a shitty tournament. Maybe it was best if they didn't pick him, or that Toronto did pick him. So who knows? Well, I mean, Gouli Gouli's a safe pick. I mean, when they picked him, I said, yeah, there's a safe pick because that's mm. a guy that yep. will be an NHL player. What was his? But uh, what's his upside? Right now, we're watching what it can be because. He didn't get a chance to play all year. So yeah, he looked a little shaky in the first uh, exhibition game, but when the tournament started solid as a rock playing hard, uh, hard nosed defense, moving the puck really well. He's one of the top five defensemen in uh, zone exits and entries. So he's a puck mover who can hit and he's got a blast of a shot. He can score goals and he can match up against yeah, you can skate and you can match up against top opposition. So how can you not like that pick at 16 overall? Yeah, I have a tweet here from Grant McKaig from Recruits. And, friend uh, of the show, Grant McKaig. Friend of the show. And um, this is about Gooley. says, the last 18-year-old Canadian defenseman to score two goals at the World Junior Championship was Dougie Hamilton way back in 2012. And it took him six games to do so. 
Caden Gooley of Prince Ra- or uh, Prince Albert Raiders hockey matched it in his first three games. And then he goes on to say, Doug is merely the NHL goal leader in defense the last three years. Hmm. Total bust. So yeah, total bust. hundred percent. Now we're going to go on to our favorite uh, player. And uh, I want to apologize for Gord Miller for saying he's going to be a party pooper for not saying his name right. And he wasn't <laughs> even calling the game. Uh, but uh, Yan Meshack, not my sack, Meshack, <laughs> uh, he's having a pretty good tournament for Slovakia. He was actually a player of the game in their second game, I think. And uh, he scored the first goal of the tournament, to be honest. So, Czech Republic. What's that? Czech Republic. Not Czech Slovakia. Republic. I said yeah. Slovakia. I didn't know why. Yeah, it's all good. They used to be the same place. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> but uh, for the Czech Republic. And uh, I'm pretty impressed with uh, Meshack. Uh, I don't think this tournament is a good indicator of how well he is just because there's not really much talent on that uh, Czech Republic team this year, uh, although they're playing good hockey. Um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, he's having a pretty good tournament and uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good pick for Montreal. Uh, I'm not looking at him being a top six player, but a good third line players what i i see him as anyway personally i i you know he i've seen him on the ice he's um he's in the plays he's he's a hungry player you can tell he's their captain i think what their problem is is the fact that they're in a very very tough group when you get a when you get a play against russia the states and sweden you've got to come out and you've got to play hard every game and if you don't you're you're down the lineup and, and and unfortunately that's just the way that it's been maybe if they were in the canadian group and they were playing uh you know a depleted german team or they're playing slovakia or something like that we'd be talking about them a little bit more but um you know they're going to be you know other than austria they'll be at the bottom of that group well what uh, what what i liked from mishak was um in that russia game he had a couple of chances where he could have you know, gotten a goal or set up a goal, but he would have had to sacrifice his defensive positioning against a very, very good transition team. And knowing that he might've been, if he would have missed his chance, he would have been caught up ice and given up a, an odd man rush. He chose to play the teams in the team's best interest. Instead of trying to stat at pad his stats, he played to win the game for his team and he showed that he can play defense. We know he's got offensive upside because he, he, he was scoring at will in the OHL. He's, got a, he's already got a couple points in this tournament. So to see him play well defensively proves that he can do it at this level, which means he can probably do it at the next level. So he's got NHL upside. The question is, how much? Because he's got he's got that offensive skill that says top six player, but can he really meet that? But the, even if he doesn't make it, it's not a poor pick, and he's not a poor player. What we're seeing is his progression. So once they actually get back to playing hockey in North America, I think people are going to be a little bit more aware of what kind of player he is. Yeah, he's struggling a bit in the Czech Republic playing for the men's league there, the pro team yeah. there, league there. Yeah, because so. he's playing against uh, he's playing against men in a professional mm-hmm. league. 
and he's not ready for that yet. No. And yeah, the but, team he's on sucks. It's true. But in Hamilton, even though the team's not that great in the OHL, that's his level. Yeah, but he was playing against players more at his level, and he exactly. was showing that he's, you know, what he needs is a, I don't know, I don't want to say the AHL, but I think he needed another year in the OHL to uh, really yeah. see if he's made that extra step. Because I do feel you need to dominate the league you're in before you should move up to the next league. So, And that's the beauty of having the depth in the system that the Canadians have now. They have the luxury of patience. Before, and, they didn't. And not every prospect's going to work out. Uh, I no. hate to tell everyone, but just, you know, Meshack could be a great pick. He might be a terrible pick. I mean, you can look at the Habs prospects now, and you probably have uh, Caulfield, Romanov, Norlander, Struble. Harris maybe and a few others that you can sit there and say yeah I'm pretty sure he's going to be an NHL regular maybe not necessarily a superstar but he'll be an NHL regular and uh, after that it's hit or miss well that's the thing like we don't know what's going to come Mm. but if they can pull off a couple of guys per draft that end up in the NHL it's a good draft yep Totally but the agree. thing is, they have the luxury mm-hmm. of patience now. It's not like, oh, okay, we drafted um, uh, Guillaume Nathan at S in the second round. He has to play in the NHL this year, and he has to score 20 goals to be considered you know, a solid pick for us because we have nothing else. Now it's, yeah, sure, we picked Caden Gooley at 16. Sure, he could have you know, three years ago made the team, but now who cares? Let him play in junior for two years. Let him play in the AHL for another two years, then make the team. We can. Well, that's that's the key to depth. So if that's you right. have good depth, you can. That's like Caulfield. We have so many right wingers now. We could keep Caulfield in CWA for another two years. It's not going to hurt us or him. So, you know, I mean, I expect Caulfield to play a year, maybe two in the AHL before he even comes to the NHL. Because really, there's nowhere to put him. Where do you put them? And there's no reason year. to rush them. No, you don't, you don't have to rush them. They could well, make well, them if he forces it. them. And that's why depth is key. Good depth is key. Now, if we had the depth we had two years ago, right? You're looking at Caulfield going, oh, maybe we should bring him up now. Two years ago, that wasn't depth. That was just players filling places. But, but that's what I mean. Yeah. That's why you have guys like Caulfield you're saying, hey, Caulfield. Well, two years ago was their 96-point season. But you know what I mean. And – if, if when they in 2017, we'll say the, the year of the reset, if we had Caulfield, then guaranteed he'd be in the NHL. That's why Mete came to the NHL, and that's why Mete played on the first line because they had nobody else to put there. They had nobody. Schlemko, Schlemko, you know, they had no one to put there. So, and that's why you have all these guys, you have all these defensemen, you have all these forwards, you know, like uh, uh Yolanin and Caulfield and. Uh, Olison and Vadimo and all these guys, you can sit there and say, take your time. Like we're not, we don't need to rush you to the NHL because we, you know, if this guy's down, we got this guy. We're good. Now, if everybody goes down, well, then you're in a little bit of trouble, but what the hell? Then you're Germany and you have to shut down the NHL. <laughs> you have to leave the NHL because your team's just not good enough anymore. You've been, you've been relegated relegated to the AHL. 
Yeah, that'd be some rivalry, Montreal versus Laval. Woo! Everyone's fighting for jobs at that point. <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I think I think we've uh, covered quite a bit on this show. Um, we can end it there. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to pass on? Uh, so I just want to say um, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, more than likely, this is gonna this is gonna be our last show um, before the New Year. So. Uh, just want to say happy new year to everyone. Thank you for everyone that's listened. Uh, thank you everyone for the support. And we're looking forward to a, a healthy 2021. Um, I'd also like to uh, dedicate the show to all the Canadian forces members that we lost throughout the year. Um, it was a, just a fucking terrible year for the Canadian forces. Um, we were in the news for the, all, all, all the wrong reasons other than uh, the pandemic. So um, yeah, this one goes out to them. Uh, yeah, I got nothing to say after that. Matt, well, you know, said it all. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, having known many of the, those who passed, it was a pretty shit year. Um, so yeah, yeah, great times. So uh, yeah, happy New Year and fuck you, twenty twenty. Yeah, just the only problem is, is next year's twenty twenty one, which means twenty twenty <laughs> has one. Yeah. So who knows? That's anyway. fine. I'll take I'll take the L. I'll take the L just to end it. Just just re- relegate me to 2021. <laughs> Next year is only gonna have eleven months. That's how bad this year was. 2020 was the worst draft pick ever. What a bust. <laughs> so yeah, so happy new year, everyone. Thank you for uh for listening and helping us grow this show. Uh, we don't deserve your uh your <laughs> we don't deserve your listens, but we appreciate that you do. Oh, and coming in in the new year, everyone's going to see the majestic face of Matt, like we see on a on a on a weekly basis uh, when we go YouTube live. So, Whoa. yeah, that's right. We're going to have the YouTube in 2021. He's so sexy. We may have to make it an OnlyFans uh, account instead of a YouTube account. So. Have some filtered OnlyFans. It's yeah. just pictures of Matt. <laughs> And I'm doing that for real now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, happy new year. And thank you to everyone for listening. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no frills, no nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No name hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, 
If you are talking about it, so are we. Shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.